Hey everyone, I'm Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to Docky Sweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docky series. Yes, but honey, we have our own lens, honey, which is, you know, I, listen, peppered with our own saltiness and our own bitterness in this world, you know, and our own acidic natures and our acidic personalities and comedy. But at in the end of the day, our, our natural natures come out, which is, we're sweet. Like little desserts at the end, like, you know, better than sex, the dessert only restaurant that we only recently found out about uh, due to a 90 Day Fiance episode uh, that we watched and also its location in Los Angeles. So, great. Here we are talking about The Curious Case of Natalie Grace, Season 1, Episode 3. This is Nightmare Neighbor, Honey, and it's been a very curious case. And who who is Natalie? And the Nightmare Neighbor we know to be Ambular, but I think it's supposed to be Natalie Grace. But we all know her as that Rachel Ambular person who is on that. Listen, that is the neighbor neighbor. Yes, babe. The side character that's like always has the dog and always talking about them. Now we're going to get a lot of other neighbor characters in this episode alone. But if it wasn't called the curious case of Natalie Grace, it could be called the curious case of the nightmare neighbor and her fascination with the Barnett's, which is that woman. Yes. Yes, I agree. I I agree with everything you're saying. Okay, sure, sure felt that way, Wa. What? I was letting it happen. Letting you, you know, do what you got to do to get your thoughts out. So we start off this episode with a 911 call. I mean, the 911 call is from Natalie Grace. And she says, I'm stalking my neighbor. I want to hurt them. I'm afraid of what, I, what might happen if someone doesn't help me. And as a viewer, you're like, WTF. Like, what's going on? Didn't we just find out last episode that, like, the Barnett's are kind of sh- shady and we don't know what's going on. And, but now she's calling 911 on, her, on herself. And then we get the 2019 interview with Michael, Papa Barnett, Father Barnett. And he says, by 2012, we had been living in hell. You know, he's so dramatic. I can't. He's in, yeah. I mean, like, it is just crazy. So then we have the lawyer who is like, no one knows her age. She hasn't grown in four years, which is the, I think the main thing that happens in this episode that, or not the main thing, but the thing that causes the courts to make a decision the way that they do is because she hasn't aged in four years. Yeah. There's a back and forth this entire time, by the way, like this, so this, this voicemail that happens is going to be, is, is not foreshadowing. It's, it's pre, it's post-shadowing. And as we jump back in time. So and that also is going to happen in another voicemail scene that we have. And when, when Michael Barnett is talking to the cops and the cop is just eating something and he finds <laughs> out that he's been charged, which that we get two of those, which I do love. But okay. So this voicemail. So now we get to this. So as Wa said, she's been re- re-aged. They get to, they re-age her to get her out of the home, right? They cannot deal with her anymore. And the way that Michael sets up what they do is he says, just so you guys know, we move her into the richest part of Indiana in a most prestigious apartment. Then they show us the apartment, my loves. And it's, oh, it's, it gives, it gives vibes. And the vibes are, how do I say it? I don't say it. Like, I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. Depressing. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. It gives the, it gives the vibes of like where, you know, folks who don't have any family go to live because it's super cheap. Oh yeah. And yeah, it's, it's like, it's a, it's the desolate, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, so here's how the judge decided how old she was though, was that because you, you stopped growing at 18 and since she had stopped growing in the last four years, he added four years onto that. So obviously she's now legally 22. And I mean, we find out that she's flirting with like the people at the hospital. She's, you know, doing all kinds of things, but this is, here's the funniest part. They, did you, did you peep the name of the lawyer that they had when they got her re-aged? Oh. The lawyer's name is Michelle Jackson. I mean, they might as well just spelled it Michael Jackson. They knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Michelle Jackson is like, well, the pediatrician, the primary care doctor said that she might be an Asian. He gathered all the information. I, I'm just a lawyer. Okay. I'm not an, I'm not a person who can determine age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, she tries to recuse herself from the whole thing as though like, well, I don't know what to tell you. I just, I represented the Barnett's. Okay. I didn't do any of the math. I didn't do any of the research. Mm-hmm. I just provided legal counsel. <laughs> I did what I was paid to do, which is not age people. Yeah. So, yeah. So basically what she, they move her into this, this depressing, desolate apartment that only people who have no one to love goes. And, you know, it's always like, they give her, they give her some like basic ass furniture that they had around the house. And they say that they stock up her fridge and Sue sees them. And Sue is an elderly neighbor who is one of those ladies that loves Paris, loves the Eiffel Tower. Has she ever been there? Probably not. Maybe once. I'm not quite sure, but, but probably not. Like, and you know, it's just such a, I get it. It's like, there are certain motifs that you can see everywhere. And like the, the French Paris Eiffel Tower motif is one, you know, just like the ballet baby one is another one. Like you always see the ballet shoes everywhere. It's just like, it's just one of those things that just screams a certain something. And then a certain something is, you know me, you know, this life, you know, like, so anyway, Sue is like, yeah, I see this, basically this baby having to carry all this shit. And then I realize it's not a baby. It's like a grown ass woman who who thinks she's 22. And I see that there's boobies. So I guess, okay. And I wonder why that person that dropped you off isn't helping you carry anything. And I, you know, so Sue at first has pity, you know, and Natalie, we have, you know, Natalie is a pitiful figure, you know, like in a lot of ways. And this place is a, a hodgepodge of different people in the parts of their lives, but they all come together over the course of this episode to be like, we don't, we need her out. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it's like it feels weird to talk about someone like Natalie this way because she does seem like monstrous by the fact that everyone's just gossiping about her throughout this docuseries yeah I mean they and she has done things and because she has told them that she's 22 that and then they've they've been like she talked like an adult now here's the one thing that I I wondered and I ended up finding out at the at, at in one of these episodes I'm like how did she sign her lease? Like, what does her signature look like? And we end up seeing a photo or like a copy of her ID. And we see her write her name and she doesn't sign it. She puts, she dots her eyes with huge dots 
and it looks like a child's handwriting. And I wonder if they all said, well, it's because her fingers and she's a little person and maybe that's how she writes. But it looks like if somebody were to take like font of a child's handwriting, that is what her handwriting looks like. And how did you guys let her sign this document? So we have a couple of neighbors that we meet uh, for, in fact. And, and this is also one of those apartment buildings that's in like a neighborhood because folks, like there's some folks from the actual apartment building. There's some folks who just like live across the street from the apartment building. We meet the Miles family. Toby. And Toby, yeah. And Toby's a redhead sitting in a fabulous kitchen. And then we have his wife. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. I, I mean, I was just staring at that stove. Because you're like the whole time you're like, yeah, the stove is gorgeous. It has a like, gold rimmed and like there's like, you know, marble or fake marble or granite. You're just like, wait, so your house is what directly across from this most desolate, depressing apartment mm-hmm. building. It looks like it's not touched and sin, you know, and sin happens there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So he talks, Toby talks about how she just came right up to them and started talking to them. And then another, another man who was working on the Corvette in his, uh, in his auto body shop talked about how she ran up to their house. They went inside the house and they came out and their grandson was playing with her and they could, um, you know, they smelled a body odor on her. So, and that's another thing. It's like, I mean, here's the truth. I mean, we, listen, if she was a child, there were some bodily chemical functions that are happening on her that are making adults believe that she's not a child. Because if I smell BO and not just outside on a child, I'm assuming that that child is at least 12 because that's when I got B.O. 11 or 12. So I could. Yeah, but what if they're also like, what, what if she's not able to wash her clothes? You know, it's like, what are, what's, you know, what are you smelling? You know, we don't know what we're smelling too. Like, is it, is it clothes? Is it B.O.? You know, oh, I don't know. It's all yeah. together. So gross. Yeah. Sad, yeah. sad and gross. Yeah, there's like, there's gonna be, so the Miles family we see, you know, sometimes we see Toby and and his wife together, sometimes not, you know, we're gonna see another neighbor that won't let her face be filmed. And so all we see is a torso that kind of rocks back and forth on a step, you know, like, and that woman is the most colorful. They kept her because a very animated uh, conversation from the woman who was like, you'll not show my face, but you will see this body go back and forth, you know, but also they, you know, our 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 blue blazered friend who I keep writing her name my name is Rachel I think is also narrating this and she also tells us that because she there's complaints Heather Wilson gets back so so another whole thing just so you know obviously we know is the entire time that Natalie Grace has been with the Barnetts there's been suspect so there's been suspicious things so there's been files already happened there's been talk happened there's been it's visits of different things. Now, whether they can get together their life to have a court case or a case against the Barnetts of what's happening, it seems like, no, they can't. But this Heather Wilson person realizes that now Natalie has been re-aged and just living by herself. And she's like, wait, Natalie, the, the Barnett Natalie? And the Barnetts realize that Heather Wilson knows about it. And this is where it gets kind of murky. In the beginning, Natalie has a cell phone that she is able to communicate them with. They also are like hyper controlling of who she can or talk to and like gets more so when they realize Heather Wilson's on the case. 
they are neglectful of her, but they also don't want her talking to anyone else, but people feel bad for her. And whether she has enough food at any time is confusing because some, because it very much feels like she's going to people's houses looking for food, whether she's also looking for companionship, whether she has eating comfort, eating problems, whether she has social problems where she doesn't know uh, what, what is too much. All of that is like, what's on the docket to be discussed and people are getting the people's experiences of her is that she's almost a little shady like wanting be like can i have a sandwich and also just hang out with you at all times and be with you at all times like you know and so people are like yeah they said she was sneaky and manipulative she would just be in people's homes when they got home if they didn't lock their screen. And I'm like, oh, this is one of those places where you just like leave your door open and like someone can just walk in because you just like go to the store and you just like leave everything open. And so people are like, so, so one of the neighbors is like, we had to lock our doors because of her. And I'm like, well, maybe, you know, other places you, you do naturally just anyway. So she took away that from folks. She started being oddly sexual with the men, old men around the place. Like she cornered somebody in a, in a laundromat and they felt very uncomfortable at it. So then that rumor started that she was kind of this, I don't know, a little bit of a deviant. And Michael comes to the house at some point once, once Heather gets back into the picture and he goes to the house and he's recording. And I don't know why he's recording, but he's recording and he's like, where'd you get the donuts from, Natalia? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, like he he's like, and qu- like wondering where she got this thing from. And and then it becomes clear that it's because she he doesn't want her talking to people. Then he comes another time and he's like, where were you? I drove around the block. She's like, I was over there. And he's like, well, I was over there too. And she's like, uh, and I can tell at that point that she was a kid because as an adult, if someone's like, well, I saw you over there, I went over there and I didn't see you. Then I would have been like, well, I don't know why you didn't see me because I was there. Like, I just want to double down on it. But because he called her bluff, she got nervous. So it's just like, it was just like, you know, it's just a lot going on. Yeah, they're making it seem like there's another neighbor that she disappears for, an old, you know, upstairs, an older neighbor for two hours at a time. They also tell say that she has gone around saying that she lived in a house of prostitution before. Now, having said all of this, all of this, if you, you know, if I was to tell you, look, Natalie is, you know, anywhere from the age of 13 to 17 and absolutely, you know, living out fantastical delusions because of the trauma that she experienced or wanting something to be true and like, you know, talking about all of that would be true. It's just we don't know the answer. All we're getting from neighbors is a painting of a picture of kind of like a, you know, disgusting little sexual pervert who manipulates her way to get free anything all the time. But what also happens is Sue says two things. Sue says one time she came in and was like weird with her, with her, with her grandson. And also there's a separate time where I guess there's a grassy knoll that, you know, she was rolling down and with a separate little boy. And this is, we've seen footage of her playing with boys, but Separately, she was like rolling around with this little boy and, and supposedly touched him inappropriately and made him upset. And the boy's father came and screamed at her or whatnot. And, you know, people were complained to the building manager and it became and the building manager was like, I felt bad. It'd be this thing where people would be like, I saw her. And she, you know, like altogether, there's no dignity for her in this story. And like, everyone does deserve some and so for me it's like sometimes hard to hear this i want to be like okay but what but like 
conversely where where is her dignity like are you literally just painting someone to be a completely mon a complete monster you know it's so weird yeah i think that the miles wife tried to do her best to give some dignity to be like no i just had to set up boundaries with her and once i explained to her what the expectation was then she didn't bother me she also said that when sue came to them and told them that she was like watch out for your kids because she might be trying to touch them the mother was still like i'm i'm gonna let her still come over and deal with our kids and we'll see for ourselves so i think that woman tried to give her some dignity but i think that just the rumor mill started and once she said she was 22 she was just fully up for whatever happened like i think if there had even been an inkling of her being 12 i think it would have changed everything but it's like the rumor mill started and then the things started happening and whether or not they were true or whether or not you know it was you know what she did i don't doubt she made people feel uncomfortable i don't doubt that she made little boys feel uncomfortable but again if she was 12 if they had that and they saw her family around her more i don't mean the suspension of disbelief but i mean like if so many things are pointing to this person being an adult especially because their family isn't around and they you know told you that they're this way and when they talk to you they seem like an adult you're just going to believe it the one thing that i did wonder was like how could the barnett's i mean obviously they're monsters another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of slash talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. But they didn't, they didn't think about how she was going to bathe herself. Did they not think like, okay, she's a little person. She needs something in the bathroom to bathe her. I mean, Christine was truly, that's one thing to like get, a, get somebody and not want to take care of them anymore. But it's a whole other thing to be delusional and create a whole environment and a story to where their age is different, to where you put them in harm because you, I mean, like buy her something so that she could shower properly with, show her how to do it, something. It, it just, it just seems crazy that one thing that she did was just like cut her hair one time to kind of take away the straggly greasy bits. I don't know. It's just like, it's just really crazy to me. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely crazy. So, and it, it's crazy. And, you know, we get so much of Michael and he's so bananas, but one part that is LOL, like I've already brought it up and it's the end part of this is that, yes. So, you know, we're jumping back into time. Okay. So <sighs> Lieutenant Davenport, who is one of the people from the, like, from in 2022 gets at Michael Barnett, who's now living back in Indiana, who we've, and we're going to go back in time when he, they go to Canada, which I think, I don't know if this happened yet where they moved to Canada. I think it happens next part. But no, it the, happens in this one, at the end of this one. Okay. Well, then is, should we, am I? So the lease isn't renewed. That's how they ended up kicking her out. Oh, and, yeah. So that's exactly, sorry. Yeah. The yeah. family moves to Canada and uh, you're like, oh, okay. And they try to make it seem like they're moving to Canada because that one genius son has some sort of like genius option opportunity and they got to, you know, like not dim the light or whatever. It, it seems like that's what it is. So the lease is not renewed. 
And then they give uh, her another place and he tries to be like, oh, and this other place, even better. Are you talking central to her schooling? Talking central to uh, Salvation Army? You're talking central to, you know, whatever he says at all. What he neglects to say is, it's on the second floor of an apartment building. You can't, I mean, she has to walk up and you, she barely can walk huge flights of stairs. But anyway, God bless. Yeah, it's one hour away. It's in a completely different county. So if the DCS does get called on her, it's going to be a completely different case. They may not even know what happened to her in the other county. And it's just, it is just cruel at this point what they have done to her. And I mean, the, I mean, the only, he came to see her more than Christine, but people only rec- remember him because of the re- the Corvette. Like that's the only reason why they, they can't even remember what he looks like. They just remember he had a yellow car and they just allowed her to be this like subject of suspicion and negative fodder. It's just like, it's just so sad. It's such a sad situation for, for yeah. someone to actually have to go through this. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it really was, it really is like such an interesting and sad story that people can be so neglectful and so spiteful and so mean. But Michael is just, unfortunately, he has put himself as the figurehead of this show. Christina's nowhere to be found, but we've found so much negativity with him already in the first three episodes that at this point, we're just watching him be a clown in a circus. Yeah. And I, that's why it makes me feel bad for her. Cause I'm like, I can't imagine that she's worse than you. <laughs> I think that she's a product of how horrible you are. And so I'd feel bad feeling, feeling that she's disgusting, even though all you're all I'm hearing is how horrible and disgusting she is. A, that she smells, B, that she is like manipulating. You wouldn't want to be around her. She's pervert. She's perverted. She's always so sexual. It's like, it's like, ugh, you know, like it's like having a, a smaller Jasmine running around. I wouldn't want that either. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Or do you know and Jasmine? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. But okay, so that is the end of this episode. Can you believe it? We love you guys so much. Sorry that I messed up uh, that thing, but I forgot because I was going to the next episode. <laughs> Reading the wrong notes. We are on the hot the trail of what this case is, honey. Hot in the case with a curious case of Natalie Grace. And we'll find out, I guess, maybe who's right and who's wrong. But maybe it's just like life. We never really know. Yeah. Everyone's a, <laughs> Everyone's a little bit right. Everyone's a little bit wrong. We'll see. Yeah. So if you want to join us on Patreon so you can see the visuals of what we're putting down here, you can do so on patreon.com slash docusweeties. We have exclusive content on Patreon as well as we do a live every first Monday of the month. So you want to get to know us a little bit, you can do so by joining us on patreon.com slash docusweeties for $10 a month. Or if you want to just support your girls and make it so that we can produce these things, you know, get folks to help us do some awesome stuff on the social medias. But Chris, we'll talk to you about the social medias. Yeah, they're, they're, they're social medias. Just kidding. Haha. They're at Instagram. We are on Instagram. We are at DocuSweeties. We're also at DocuSweeties on TikTok and at DocuSweeties1 on Twitter. And maybe we'll join threads. We'll see. By the way, if you have a lot of Eiffel Tower decor, I'm not saying you can't have some. Just, you know, get rid of like a couple of pieces. We love you guys so much and give us five stars. Just kidding. Do whatever you want. Bye. <laughs> Bye.